Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. PM on your community radio, 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doing Time show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is Marissa and we'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening and in the studio with me today we've got Rob who has also done some work with us on the show. Hello. First up, um, we're going to be speaking with Brett Collins from Justice Action about campaigns that the organisation is working on and we will also discuss computers in cells. Um, Brett also has a breakthrough announcement to make about this. After that, we'll have a a pre-recorded interview that Peter has prepared. It's an interview with a musician from America who will talk about prisons and introduce his music. Um, so starting off, um, yeah, as well, as well as that, so Brett will talk about Dylan Voller as well. There's been a lot of um, things and developments that have been happening about that. Um, one of the central focuses for Justice Action was their campaign to introduce computers in cells, which they look forward to continuing. They work closely with the Community Justice Coalition to demonstrate to law and policymakers the importance of having online services in cells. This would provide prisoners with access to important resources, including legal information, educational courses and rehabilitation programs. Justice Action was also invited to speak at a forum in Darwin addressing the abuse faced by juvenile offenders at the Dondale Detention Centre. The exposure of abuse in juvenile justice facilities has created an opportunity for proper monitoring to occur. This is a prevailing issue that desperately requires further monitoring and attention. Um, Yeah, so I just read out some information from the um, Justice Action Report. Now, shortly we're going to be um, going to a song while Rob um, lines up Brett Collins from Justice Action. And the song that we're going to be doing is... um, Kev Carmody. Well, what's it called? Uh, I've Been Moved. I've Been Moved by Kev Carmody. I always get a mental block whenever I look, to, look at that song. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be playing him very soon. And, um, and after that, we'll be speaking with Brett Collins. Thanks, Rob. illustrated book by Alina and Bruce MacDonald stars our beloved comrade Bill Della as the protagonist in a journey that stems from Ballarat to Humpty Doo and features all the lefty issues that were dear to Bill's big heart. 3CR has a few precious copies of this beautiful book for sale for $20 plus $5 postage. All proceeds will go to the Solidarity Breakfast Program's Radiothon Fund. You can buy it online at the 3CR shop. Go to the 3CR website 3cr.org.au or pick up your copy at the station. And 
and you're back with the Doing Time show. And we're speaking with Brett Collins from Justice Action, who's been on this show for more times than I can count. How are you, Brett? <laughs> Good on you, Marissa. That's right. I love being with you guys. It's, it's great, isn't it, to, to talk about, you know, things about prisons in detail because it really isn't a very trendy topic, is it? Well, I guess not. I mean, somebody keeps keeps telling me, Brett, are you still working in this area? Why don't you do something something different? And I think, hang on, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is my community. This uh, we've got forty four thousand currently there in the prisons, and um, well, forty thousand actually, and uh, about another four thousand in the locked hospitals. And um, you know, so you know, I can't walk away from my community. I, I'm very pleased to be uh, still working um, with. With the team, you know, I got great support from from uh, people inside the prisons while I was there, and so I'm very pleased to still be working in the area. Absolutely. So, Brett, I actually quoted um, just a little paragraph from the, the 2016 report. Yes. No, yeah, about computers and about how it's really important to have. Um, computers in the cells of prisoners and I believe that you wanted to talk about that and that there was a an announcement about a breakthrough well, that's right. In fact, at the moment, um, no one knows it's happened, right? So there we are. <laughs> it's the first time we've actually talked about it in, mm. to the media, and, and that is we've actually won. We've won computers and cells in New South Wales. And um, that's a, like a, a, an earth-shattering change. It comes on the back of you know, a long 20-year campaign, actually, um, uh, highlighting how important it is to have something for people to do inside their cells, which is useful, which allows them to uh, do education, uh, learn new skills, and then most importantly, communicate, communicate with the outside world. So it really allows, allows um, the uh, a technology to uh, penetrate the walls in a safe way, um, uh, gives people access to a certain part of the internet and you can uh, email to family and friends and a certain group of people um, who have been uh, accepted for say phone calls and they always always um, they will also be allowed for email so it's a, it's a very important breakthrough and I, I don't doubt at all uh, that it will um, flow through to the rest of Australia so sorry so where's just um, where's that happening uh, it's happening in New South Wales. It's happening. Well, they talked in terms of it happening in four jails first of all, but it's not just a trial. The trial's actually already been going for two years. This is this is actually a rollout of computers. And so, so, so what they've really done, they've acknowledged the fact that in New South Wales they have the highest rate of recidivism of any state in Australia. So it means, first of all, the the straight plan uh, that said that they intend to reduce recidivism, reduce the number of people returning to jail uh, within two years after release, reduce them um, uh, from what it was right, um, uh, uh, by 5%. And um, instead it went up by 8% over four years. So, so they have the embarrassment of the state plan having failed and um, and having spent an amazing amount of money with building new jails, with having uh, more people returning to jail. So, in fact, you know, any question about uh, uh, reducing crime and, uh, and lessening victims, that didn't happen. And so the Premier herself is embarrassed, and they've decided that they will bring in the only fresh thing that is possible, which is bringing in counselling and information and access to uh, communication in cells, by computers, and so there'll be access to computers oh. and cells with the internet within safe, safe, um, whitelisted websites. So all that's okay. very exciting, and it's uh, and it's uh, it's uh, following it behind the example of the ACT, who's had uh, that sort of service in there for now for eight years. So it's been it's proven.
method has been trialled and um, and proven to be safe and also um, uh, and uh, uh, not that much different really than than letters and things except they're instantaneous. People can actually can um, uh, uh, send an email to their family from inside their cell and um, and so uh, have an interaction with their child and with their mum on uh, Skype. And uh, that's right, and pass it within five minutes. And lawyers, of course, and lawyers as well. And so it means that um, it'll become much more transparent inside the prisons. People will become um, more uh, uh, accessible and um, and remain part of the community instead of being locked away and away and and not being able to send letters. And um, quite often they're not being received. And when is that going to be happening? Uh, well, we're told within weeks. We're told that, uh, like, it's, as I say, it's a 20-year campaign, 20 years. Wow. Um, but but um, in this situation, um, the government has been embarrassed, embarrassed by its failure, and um, and uh, having uh, you know failed so badly, having touted how they were going to improve, um, having failed, they have to do something. And the one thing they could do was doing computers themselves. So it's just, it's just a remarkable change. Um, you know, we haven't, as I say, we haven't yet told people about it. And it's, um, it's uh, over the next few days, um, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll um, issue a media release of some sort. And then, and then we have a major celebration of some sort, which we're planning also. Uh, but it is all right, obviously, to, to say it on air here. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done it. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. look, it's the sort of thing. Well, one nice thing about this victory is what we, what we did. We actually we actually did some very careful research that said um, uh, if they had accepted the offer, there was an offer that we had made two years ago, um, that we would actually run out online counselling into a trial jail, and we actually did this to the Law and Justice Committee where there's a special inquiry and said, look, we can afford this. We've actually got the backing to give online counselling to this, to this particular jail. And then after they'd refused, they said, oh, no, you can only, we can only give counselling with our mental health professionals there. We then did some very careful analysis that said, by their having refused that offer for online counselling, the, the effect of that was there were, there were 500, over 500 women and children who were traumatised by, by domestic violence as a result, and $110 million was lost because a per year. We actually had some very careful analysis that said exactly that. And then we distributed that argument to every member of parliament, every judge right, in New South Wales with a personal letter and supported by John Dowd and Elizabeth Everett. And that was the telling point. So, you know, this is fascinating, Brett. I'm I'm fascinated by all this because, you know, I don't think this is even happening in America. I don't think they're doing this in the US. Well, that's not, right. not the internet and the online counselling. Well, in fact, that's true. They're not. They're not. In fact, the ACT is one of the only prisons in the world in which it happens to have whitelisted uh, websites where, for example, the university or the or the TAFE college or the or the uh, or um, a domestic violence violence counsellor like um, or Mood Gym or one of those um, government-funded websites mm. is available to people in prison. That hasn't happened anywhere in the world. It's, it's, it is, in fact, quite fresh. And, and what and, are the uh, restrictions that are going to be placed? Obviously, well, there, w- there will be restrictions. Look, it'll be, it'll be um, like everything that um, is in um, general availability won't be available. They'll only whitelist certain websites. So there'll be a whitelist for websites, say, for example, at the university, um, at the, for example, for legislation. So any um, legal, legal material where you need access to find out what the law is so you can defend yourself, that will be whitelisted. 
So the, anything that is actually um, it, it has no chance for um, for um, a, a, um, a dangerous material or yeah. security um, security issues uh, that that um, uh, won't be allowed in. Um, but any mainstream information that, or educational material or counselling material that will be available. It has to be negotiated. Of course. But, it's, um, but, it's, uh, but uh, currently in the ACT, uh, you're able to email five people. Right? So you can have five people you can actually email as you want. And as you send things, it takes five minutes to go through. So from you sending your email, wow. it's received to the other side uh, from the other person five minutes later. And so any trauma at home, any trouble with the kids, or uh, or if you um, your mother wants to talk to email to you, um, you can actually um, can receive that email almost in real time. And that's that is such a difference. It means that the social isolation of of um, uh, imprisonment is actually will be broken down by this technology and 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 in a safe technology, proven technology, which is great. And does that include? educational resources as well? Absolutely it does. Educational resources is key to it. In fact, look, one of the things about this was, um, uh, look, we just, we were represented at the, there was, it's called an Australasian uh, 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 Corrections Education Association conference that happened last week in Canberra. And so, so we were invited to go down to there to um, to spend uh, a couple of days um, uh, interacting with uh, uh, some of the key people in in international education. For example, they had the the president of um, of the Corrections Education Australia uh, Ed- Education Association for the United States. A woman called Peggy Myers was there, and she was one of the presenters. And and there was a, a woman there who was who was um, a woman called Annette Barker, who was the from for all Europe. Uh, she was the president of the European. Um, um, prison Education Association, and of course the Australian one, and all the, and all the key people from around the world talking about prison education, and uh, and what became really clear uh, was in no area in the world is this being done properly. That the computers themselves have not penetrated yet, and so what we're doing here in Australia will be special, and will be uh, in some ways a bit of a a, 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 a watershed. It's a watershed moment. It definitely yeah. is. We've got yeah. a bridge, a bridge, a proper bridge of of uh, uh, communication uh, through. Across the across the um, the prison wall, and that's going to be very very Absolutely. very special. Yeah, definitely. Um, I can see that uh, this is going to really open up a lot of doors in regards to getting an education. You no longer have yes. to supply classrooms, so there's going to be a lot more subjects that'll be able. Teachers can teach online. All they have to do is just go online at a certain time, as well. Yeah, yeah. Although I think they they're going to be doing classrooms, aren't they? Still. In oh, conjunction. Oh, didn't you hear the last comment, they they will be doing classrooms, won't they? In conjunction with that, with the computers. I uh, very very. I didn't have that word. Oh, you uh, can't. Are you there, Brett? Yes, I am. Yes, I can hear you. Yeah. yeah. So the classrooms, like, would they be having? Oh, the classrooms are. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, well, look, <laughs> the classrooms. Look, that's really interesting. You see, um, in New South Wales, talking about classrooms and education. Yeah. And um, what they have done, they've closed down. All the education, they sacked 136 um, teachers here in New South Wales in order they could privatise it. But then, uh, when, it, when we listened to the, this woman talking about um, prison education in the in the in the in Europe, so she represented 28 countries in Europe uh, for prison education, and um, we said to her, "Well, how long do um, uh, prisoners in Europe, in average, um, uh, uh, get to speak um, to the teacher?" She said, "An hour a week." <laughs> wow, that's just incredible. That's In not much. Week, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. With this the computer yeah. system, they'll have well, a lot the, more access. 
That's right. I mean, look, that's, that's ludicrous, you know. And, and so really, um, the whole discussion about prison education is really, in some ways, almost irrelevant, really, because um, if you only get an hour a week for the teacher, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. that's time you get out of your cell. You, you have, you know, up to 18 hours a day in a cell. So the six hours you get out, you're unlikely to want to sit in a classroom. You want to run around and get, your, you know, get a bit of fresh air in your lungs and, and um, you know, talk to your mates and, you know, do a bit of, get up to a bit of skullduggery, a bit of an argument here and there. You want to do something. You're not going to sit down on your sit in your, um, uh, on your bottom on a, a seat in the, in, the, in the classroom. So you know, it's much better to use the time that you have in the cell by yeah, yourself. That's right. Right to to, yeah, to do your education there, and you and can build it up slowly. Yeah. Is that state policy, Brett? Uh, what is that policy? That's absolutely. Well, we look. Right. We know that. Um, oh, absolutely. No, no. Um, as I say, it hasn't yet been announced. Um, but it is special, special, very important, and it's, it's not—it's not a um, question of if or whatever. We have—we've been negotiating on this for the last few weeks, um, the, and the agreement in, of it being full-function computers and cells was told to us last week. And, and it's definite. To talk. It's definite. Yes, it's definite. Not a question about it. Not a question about it. And it will have a follow-through to the all the other states. The the ah. ACT we. we we went into the ACT um, eight weeks ago and went through there, had a look at carefully what um, what were the computers themselves, what was the impact of them, yes. and we were just amazed. We were just amazed. The the communication between people in prisons and and the families outside was just amazing. And yeah. I'll give you a figure that hasn't it hasn't been said before. I'll give you a figure. In every week, twenty two thousand emails go in and out of the prison in the ACT. There's only four hundred and forty wow. prisons there. 22,000. Yeah, another good thing, too, about this I could see is the access to counsellors right. and also access... That's right. I, I can't hear that second second voice. I'm not very well. Yeah, actually. Robert, you'll need to go closer to the microphone. Yeah. Can you hear now, Brett? Can you hear me now? I can hear better now. That's yeah. right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's one of the benefits from this is, is that they will have access to counsellors and also people yeah. that can work on behaviour. So if they got any issues they're dealing with in there, they can get some coaching as well so they can work on controlling their behaviors as well or dealing with any addictions they need to deal with so when they get back out in the streets they'll be more in control yeah yeah well, well you know look i I, th- I would see this as being a game changer right through the whole system actually it's it's uh, it's something um, that it just means that everything can be mainstream you don't won't have to put up with um, uh, even even the counselor for example you know the psychologist who's in the jail all they do is they just rate you according to um, whether they think that you're safe to be released or not, and you, you just talk bullshit to them. No, it's true. Lies, it's true, know? Brett. Yeah. And, and so, I think what Robert meant was that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Robert, you meant that in terms of rehab programs, that he's not saying that all prisoners have addictions. No, no, no. Um, do you know what I mean? No, what I was talking about there, um, sorry about that, my mic was a bit low, um, that they'll have access to counsellors. Yeah, not not the, and the, also the behavioralists. So if there's any issues and stuff they want to talk to and stuff, so they can learn how to deal with their own problems. Yeah, you there, Brett? Yes, uh, yeah. yeah, I am there. Sorry, something yeah. else came in. Um, uh, no, that's that's. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, look, I, I think what we'll find is the counselling stuff will all change. Yeah, and I yeah. think we'll find that the system is going to change overall. I, I, I just think the fact that people are in their cells by themselves and have a chance to Correct. think through what's being said just makes yep. all the difference. And that means that you you then can also have instead of having the prison counsellor talking with you. Yeah. And, and, you, and as I say, you've got to. You know, you, if you don't tell lies to prison counsellor, you're, you're, you're mad. You're mad. You know, you've got to you've got to tell the counsellor. Yeah. 
um, prison counsellor what they what they need to be told. Otherwise, you're not going to go home at all. So the last thing you're going to be doing is exposing any weaknesses you've got. You've got, you know, your mates tell you what you have to say, and you say what you have to. Hey, you but know what, you, Brett? I was just thinking yeah. maybe the guards need to get counselling as well <laughs> for their behaviours. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I agree. The only thing is that um, you know, they they're being paid, right? So I think I think um, this is a different situation, right? So so if they're being paid, I think um, their obligations are limited to um, to make sure that people don't escape. Yeah. But the but the but the prisoner um, who's sitting in a cell um, is more than entitled to get the yes, benefit of any, whatever. That's, right. yeah, that, that's what you mean, Rob. Yeah. He already paid for. Absolutely. absolutely. It's approximately. Yeah, because uh, because being in a cell, you're limited to to getting access to counselors. Or you're limited to to getting in any education, and all this is going to be able now for them, at, yes. in some situations, yes. day or night. Yeah, that- that's wonderful. It's approximately yeah. four twenty-two, and you're listening to an interview with Brett Collins from Justice Action. So that's a wonderful thing, and we'll be watching this. You know, watch this space, listeners, for that, um, yep. and keep yep. an eye on that. So. Brett, moving on to Dylan Voller, um, yes. what a terrible thing. I mean, we interviewed um, Christine Palmer, an Aboriginal elder who was present um, at the protest in Alice Springs where Dylan and his mother and a, a bunch of other youth were arrested. And he, he went to prison, didn't he? Yes, and he did, right, yes. now he's he's being um, he's been released, correct? That's right. Now, I think Joanne and and um, Joanne's his mother and, and Dylan were were released um, finally. But the, it was obvious that you know they were they were being brutalised down there. It's obvious that there was an attempt to to intimidate them there in, in Alice Springs. Uh, you know, I think any idea of um, people uh, uh, taking on the police and saying you know you can't lock up our kids. Uh, I think you know they think hey hang on we've been doing that for decades now and you know, all well, centuries actually. Um, you know that's the way we do it. What do you think you're doing? You know so you know cheeky people who they think they are mm. criticising the police. And you can see that brutality that they normally have um, inside the cells uh, can't spilled out in the streets. And, they, and I understand also a photographer was also um, was, uh, was brutalised as well. So, you know, all, it's, um, it's obvious that, that um, a, a bit of exposure by the media into what's happening there with um, in the in the Northern Territory um, with uh, youth detention um, is having an impact, and that's great. Yeah, because Dylan apparently started up a campaign or helped to start a campaign, um, shut youth prisons, youth detention. Yeah. And I think listeners may recall that in 2015, the Doing Time show did a um, an interview with a lawyer from the Human Rights Law Centre. In fact, we interviewed Ruth Barson even before all the exposure about the what ha- what was happening with the young Aboriginal. Um, detainees happened, you know, with the spit hoods, and like yeah. they, they knew, the government knew about this for ages, you know. That's right. They squatted. You know, it sparked it's, it's a royal commission, and now you know, Dylan is days off going on parole, and that's been ruined now because the police want to shut him up, right? Yes, look, look, I, I don't really see it that way, to be honest. I, no. Look, I think that Dylan, I think, look, Dylan um, uh, being out front and being able to take on the system, having his mum there, you know, supporting his mum um, out front there in the streets is a good thing. I think the fact that the police... Oh, no, it is. Be, yeah. Yeah, I, yes, for sure. I know. I think also that, that um, you know, it's, it's, this is the sort of solidarity that uh, makes the difference, that makes things, uh, things change. For and sure. I, and I can, yeah, 
and I think Dylan Spirits is such so well directed in the in the way it is, and supporting his mum there, and as long as he knows how to and to limit his behaviour as well, because sometimes right. you know, yeah, they they would very much try to criminalise him again if they could, and so he should. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's getting good uh, advice from people about what he That's should right. be careful not to do. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I think I think I'm getting a sense of that. I I've heard a lot of really good accounts about him as a him as a as a man, um, and thing as a proud Aboriginal man. Um, standing uh, there for his mum and for his community still inside. I think that's really laudable. And I think when the police misbehave in the way they have brutalised people, including including the media, uh, I think they're just setting themselves up. I'm sure I'm sure Dylan will come out with a big smile on his face and, and we'll all be very proud of him. We're saying the same thing. That's precisely what I meant, you know, that the police were, were trying to... Cri- were- are trying to criminalise him, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Don't it? yeah, that's it's approximately 4.26. We've got about one minute until our next interview, but, Brett, it's so good to have you on. It's always good to, to um, thrash out these issues, isn't it? And Marissa, it's lovely, lovely to talk with you as well and, and all our friends down in Victoria. It's, it's, um, you know, we, um, look, I'm sure they get a sense of um, solidarity with, um, with them. I know that there, there's some good things happening in Victoria as well about education. I know that that's the case because at the, at the conference they were talking about also having some sort of um, maybe laptop computers there for education as well. So that's happening very shortly too. So, you know, it's not far behind. It's Wonderful. I'm glad. Yeah. Good on you, Brett. Keep up the good work. Okay, Okay. bye-bye. Lovely to speak with you again. You did, bye-bye. Bye. And that was Brett Collins from Justice Action speaking about a number of issues um, in regards to Dylan Voller and also um, having computers in cells. Next up, we're going to be um, doing our pre-recorded interview that Peter's prepared um, in regards to a musician um, that's been... It was has was in Australia when that record interview was recorded actually, and he's going to be talking about um, prisons and um, looking at um, introducing his music. So, um, on behalf of the Do and Time Show, it's it's not it's goodbye, but it isn't. Basically, we're not been, going to be going out with our theme song, Blackfella Whitefella today. We're go, I'm going to put the recording on. It's goodbye from Marissa and Rob too. Goodbye. And um, but it's not goodbye. So stay tuned um, for Peter's pre-recorded material and also um, just to let listeners know there may be um, a language warning um, with with some of the songs okay but please do stay tuned and and listen out to the pre-recorded interview because the show is actually not over until that interview is over and enjoy okay bye welcome to the doing time show i'm peter um we have Robert in the studio from um, Lee's band um, Decide Today, um, that are based in Cincinnati. Um, he's a, the band's ex-real aside, an electro-anarcho hardcore with strong elements of breakcore and industrial hip-hop. Welcome to the show, Robert. Good to be here. Can you talk about the band or and your tours so far? Yeah, sure. Decide Today essentially started uh, after the Realis side group um, came to an end. So, but it, its uh, foundation was kind of gradual. Realis side ended at the uh, towards the latter months of 2010, and uh, for the couple of years following that, Decide Today was primarily a campaign of like. Uh, Xerox poster art that was circulating around Cincinnati and uh, mailed mailed to friends uh, elsewhere in the states, 
And it wasn't until 2013 that uh, me and a friend actually started um, finishing some uh, tracks to turning turning into a musical project and do like live shows. So throughout uh, 2013, we were playing mainly locally in Cincinnati to get things rolling. And 2014, started touring the uh, United States. Then 2015 and 16, went over to Europe and now, finally, uh, back in Australia, seven and a half years after uh, Realicide toured here. Well, that, time. Yeah. that long ago, wow. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's been a while. But it's cool, you know, I've been I've been running into homies that I met uh, yeah. met back then, seeing uh, familiar faces. It's cool seeing people, you know, like yourself, you know, still still at it, still uh, involved in wild music um, <laughs> that's backed by, uh, you know, to I guess to the average person, equally wild uh, social politic. So yeah, fully. I'm really appreciative to uh, be able to visit everybody again, and obviously, obviously meet a lot of uh, a lot of new friends. And yeah, so uh, so far we've been up to um, Queensland, did a couple gigs in like Brisbane and Ipswich. Then we were down in um, Nimbin, New South Wales, visiting the Toe Cutter and uh, on his like kind of like hippie commune. Uh, totally, uh, it's, it's a wild, wild scene in Nimbin. I had a really good, we went over to the farmer's market that was happening that afternoon and I saw, you know, there's whole little shops that are dedicated to, uh, um, you know, doing some gigs in Tassie, uh, going, uh, going back over to Sydney. We're going to go to the Blue Mountains, but you Mm. can, uh, if you look up the Decide Today and Evolve, um, Australia tour schedule on Facebook. There's an event page for it, um, or just look up Realicide, um, or just hit me up. I'm I'm Robert Inman on Facebook, but my name is Robert Inhuman. It's really just so I don't get locked off Facebook. Uh, but yeah, you can you can uh, look and see what the other uh, the other shows coming up are. And if you happen to be anywhere in the area, come by and say what's up. Awesome. Um, you're involved with. Um June 11 in Cincinnati. Um, Absolutely. A day of solidarity with um, all Echo prisoners. Can you talk about that? 100%. Yes, I can. I've been doing um, annual June 11th events uh, in Cincinnati since uh, since this international, like, uh, organized, like, annual event was, was started uh, in 2011. So uh, this year was the seventh annual. Um, and, yeah, there's basically – it's uh, – the idea is that there are cities all over the world doing solidarity events for all long-term anarchist prisoners. And they can take any form. You know, they can be benefit concert. It could be uh, letter-writing days. They could be, you know, movie screenings, like anything. Uh, it all adds up. So whatever town you happen to live in, just consider, well, first of all, go on uh, june11.org and find out if anybody else in your town is already arranging an event for uh, June 11th, like Solidarity. Uh, collaborate with them, if so. Absolutely recommend like teaming up with people to make it you know, really hit hard. But if nobody else is doing it, even if you live in a small town, for real, just getting some friends together to write, to write letters. And there's uh, current contact information and um, uh, short biographies about many, like, um, long-term anarchist prisoners on the June 11th um, website, which again is just June June 11 dot org. Um, it all adds up, you know, and then you can 
you can um, report how things went to uh, the people who are running the site and they'll, and they'll list it all. And, you know, it, it really, it really counts. It counts for something like, I mean, international effort, it, it can really, <clears throat> it can really build into something uh, powerful. And, and none of us that are free on the outside who are still like able to um, interact freely within our communities can have really any uh, true comprehension of what it means to people who are inside, who have been, stolen away from their communities for uh in pretty much every case doing things that need to be done in this world fighting necessary unavoidable unignorable fights uh engaging in struggle that really if <laughs> this planet and definitely our species and none not to mention like all other species mm. are going to survive like these are necessary struggles to engage in but uh specifically Marius Mason um who uh, at least by American standards, has the uh, most harsh and absurd sentence of any eco-defense uh, direct action uh, activist uh, so far, which is uh, nearly 22 years in American prison for Earth liberation direct actions, um, uh, has a connection to Cincinnati specifically because um, he was arrested in Cincinnati, it must have been uh, 2008. I think it was eight, and maybe the sentencing was uh, 2009. But uh, yeah, um, he's was a very celebrated um, member of the Cincinnati community, as, as uh, among other places that that he lived. But uh, so it. When June 11th comes around in Cincinnati every year, it holds like a special weight. It really hits close to home. Um, there are a lot of folks in my town who who uh, have been Marius friends and colleagues. And so uh, that's why even if it's not always like a big effort, you know, like June 11th can sometimes fall on like a Monday or Tuesday. But as long as I live in Cincinnati, which probably will be for quite a while, uh, there will be an event every year. And I'm always thrilled to collaborate with anyone else who's interested in uh, the topic of solidarity with uh, political prisoners, long-term anarchist prisoners, and honestly, like anybody who's doing time in in, an American prison or anything comparable to it uh, elsewhere in the world, um, because it it is, there's a really easy argument to make that any prisoner in America, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Australia probably would have some similarities in uh, their indis- uh, prison industrial complex, uh, um, that even any av- average prisoner could be construed as a political prisoner in a sense because of the inherent uh, uh, racism and um, harsh sentences for nonviolent crimes related to... Um, things like drugs or uh where is uh or, or or direct action like we're talking about with these uh June 11th uh prisoners um whereas people who are killing and raping people are sometimes getting lighter sentences uh it it doesn't compute it doesn't make sense the reason why these sentences are harsher or more harsh is uh to uh deter people from engaging in you know resistance movements and in in the case of uh drugs and other nonviolent offenses you know it's uh they're they're targeting um marginalized groups of people who m- may 
be involved in uh, in these uh, nonviolent quote unquote crimes as a basic means of uh, survival in uh, urban settings when they're uh, typically shut out or um, really uh, dis- disadvantaged from um, advancing themselves like financially, like economically or class-wise uh, based on the way the system is set up. Uh, it's meant to keep certain people in. It's meant to definitely keep other people out. So anyway, uh, <laughs> till every prison burns to the ground, that's what's up, man. Yeah, we'll play um, that June 11 track by your... Um by decide today right now. Wait! 
Thomas Mason, since 2008, serving 22 years in American prisons for Earth Liberation Direct Actions, destroying a GMO research office and logging machinery in 1999, during which no one was discipline, and determination, recognizing now more than perhaps ever before that this is indeed war against the state and its religion of capital used to endorse what can be described accurately as an eco-holocaust. And that was um, Decide Today by, um, from Cincinnati X Real Side. Um, so, Robert, um, you, you were saying that you're involved with... Um, Black Lives Matter? Yes, definitely. Um, in Cincinnati? Yes, definitely. Could you please talk about that and um, updates on what's going on? Certainly. Black Lives Matter Cincinnati is a grassroots revolutionary movement for black liberation. Um, it is disassociated with the national network of BLM in America um, based on some frustrations uh, with the decisions that, like that, that official network has made, uh, particularly in reference to uh, continued support of uh, friends and families of uh, victims of um, police, viol- police violence, like you know, police brutality and uh, other state violence. Um, some of the things that uh, BLMC, like the C- Black Lives Matter Cincinnati specifically, um, aligns itself with in its uh, official political principles are solidarity with the queer community, Emphasis on uh, leadership of women in the movement, um, solidarity with workers' rights and uh, fighting for better minimum wage in the region that we live in. Um, it does not believe that uh, lasting and crucial political change comes from comes from campaigns in the ballot box. Uh, it's not um, an organization that's suggesting voting for anyone at all, Republican, Democrat, or anything else of the sort, because it all ends up basically being like the same game, not designed to advance like marginalized and oppressed people. Um, So basically uh, direct action, grassroots uh, uh, community efforts are the emphasis rather than voting. Um, I don't know. There's 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 been ten 
official political principles of BLMC um, for the past like year or two. But um, actually, while I'm on this Australian tour back home, one thing that's been uh, developed is uh, an 11th political principle is being introduced um, officially, and that is related to environmental defense. Environmental uh, justice is what they're going to be uh, calling it. And so it honestly, I didn't know what to expect when I started coming around to some of the rallies and meetings that BLMC was was doing the past couple of years. But when I saw what their principles were, a lot of the a lot of the people that are that are involved in it are of the socialist persuasion. Oh, yeah. But uh, me coming into it as like a pretty dedicated anarchist, mm. uh, got to say, like it it really it really checked off all all the boxes of like the things that I care about, and so yep. it's it's been really really amazing that even with a, a focus on uh, black liberation, um, the intersection and collaboration with these other um, struggles that uh, run clearly parallel has is, is just fantastic. The leadership there uh, is without ego, without uh, the, the trappings of all these things that that so often self sabotage uh, resistance movements, especially in a in a humble town like Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not a small city, really, but it's it's not huge, and it sometimes the attitude can be a bit of a small town attitude. Uh, anyway, it it's been really it's been awesome. I'm really thankful to ve- develop uh, friendships with the the leadership of BLMC and uh, try to help out whenever I can. It's not something where I find myself um, having any urge uh, or necessity to be the face or the voice of of that group you know my role is to be kind of more behind the scenes set up the pa gear set up the microphone help set up like uh, the projector for events um help do uh the recording for the podcast um that we periodically uh record episodes uh, with interviews you know just ways to help out uh behind the scenes and uh really really learning a lot from like Brian Taylor and Mona and the other people who are more the uh voice on the platform. Um uh, and even aside from the the BLMC steering committee like leadership uh learning a lot from the amplification of the voices of the families of uh victims of uh police murder and uh other state violence and just uh, as much as it, it helps them to have the community backing them in in those intense and devastating times, uh, anybody who's uh, anybody who's there to hear what these uh, friends and families of these victims have to say about it, and to see them in a position of, of being empowered and literally being uh, amplified with the perspective on the matter, it's, it's incredibly valuable and it's uh, incredibly inspiring. And that's why I'm going to keep on coming back, keep on helping out. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really proud of Cincinnati for, uh, for, uh, the BLMC, uh, organization this past uh, couple years. And I can't always say that about things that are going on in my hometown. Uh, there's a lot of struggle. It's a very tense, hostile climate where I come from. 
And uh, so big shout outs to everybody making it happen and uh, just incredibly thankful and really looking forward to uh, getting involved uh, when I return home from tour. And I know there's a few things going on while I'm gone, general body meetings and probably some rallies surrounding uh, recent events that uh, I might be more out of, lo- out of the loop on since I've been traveling. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, good people doing uh, necessary work. Yep. Um, thanks for that. Um, we'll go to a, announcement then to um, a song. We jail black males in Australia nationally at a rate five times greater than apartheid South Africa jailed black males in 1993. The suicide and self-harm rates are the highest in the world and the life expectancy gap is the biggest in the first world. You know, Australians don't like hearing the truth about how bad things are, but the more we resolve from it, the longer this is going to continue. Black fella, white fella, it doesn't matter what you colour. Mainstream media is not interested in this stuff. It doesn't find space to talk truthfully and deeply about issues that affect all Australians. The only place predominantly you will find that with any real depth is on community radio, and 3CR has been one of the great leaders in that. So if people are wondering where they should spend their hard-earned cash, I would suggest 3CR is a bloody good place to start. What your name is, we got the hand. Lots of changes, we need more brothers. Uh, this song's called Don't Call- Talk to Cops by Decide Today. What's his name? What's his name? Give me a name now. I want a name. Give me a name. What's his first name? I don't want you to be a snitch. You don't want to be a snitch. What's his first name? Yeah. 
henchmen of a class system. Not to demonize, but just to observe the reality. Administrators of oppression. Armed guards for the aristocracy. But this is not another song about juvenile fantasies of killing pigs. This is a call for common sense and an affirmation to step back in this. Oh, and that was um, Decide to t- Today by, um, and the song was called Don't Talk to Cops, wasn't it, Rob? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're touring um, Newcastle on the 18th. Mm-hmm. Ham- at the Han- Hamilton Station yeah. Hotel. And we, and we don't know, we don't really know anybody in Newcastle for oh, the right. most part. So if anybody's got homies up in Newcastle, Tell yeah. them to come to that Hamilton station on uh, October 18th and happy to meet anybody and, you know, hang out. Cool. Um, and Friday the 20th, playing at the Valve Bar in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, then the Blue Mountains, it doesn't, it's got a Facebook event here. Yeah, so. it's kind of like a, just got to ask, ask around to find out about that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And then um, the 23rd on Ipswich. Yeah, um, I think we're doing to do... Like a little music music store gig on the on the twenty third, right before we fly back to the states. Tone Tone Town music. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for coming, Rob. Um, did you want to say anything else or? <clears throat> no, really, just uh, just much love and thanks to everybody in Australia who's uh, hosted uh, Decide Today and Evolve so far, and everybody who's uh, gonna. Help us out uh, in, the, in the coming couple weeks. Um, if you want to download our tracks, Decide Today and Evolve both have band camps where you can you can get the music. Uh, you can find that all. The easiest place, it's not it's not a very amazing website, but realicide.com has uh, links to everybody involved with the Realicide label. Um, then there's a Realicide YouTube channel that's got a... Um, all kinds of stuff, and it, I'm even um, uploading uh, a few videos from the tour, from the shows of uh, this Australian tour. So, if you uh, want to see how it's been going, I guess you can you can check it out. But otherwise, uh, you know, we're on Facebook. Decide today and evolve. Realicide. Uh, happy to meet anybody that we can, uh, especially especially anybody who's involved in things that could be comparable to uh, Black Lives Matter or uh, 
awesome. know, uh, yeah. prisoner support or any of the topics that we talk about in our music. Um, I mean, part of the big part of the reason why we will come to Australia is to meet people who are doing s- similar work and ch- uh, kind of trade notes and exchange ideas to take back home. And so, again, much love and thanks for uh, everybody who's uh, who's being so cool to us over here. Yeah, thanks very much for coming in. Um, we'll just go to um, a decide decide today igniter track. Announce the Earth Liberation Front and anyone who's ever risked their freedom or been in prison for defending the one world we all gonna share to survive.